Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for Family Business Radio. Showcasing outstanding family businesses and the advisors who assist them. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Anthony Chen with Family Business Radio, where we highlight origin stories of family businesses and for them to share a little bit of wisdom with the business community. We have a triple delight for today's episode with three businesses, each kind of in their own respective creative fields. And for today, we'll start with Lawrence Swanee School of Music with Valencia and Ozzy Kyles. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, how are you today? <laughs> doing good, doing good. Uh, well, for, for us to get started, let's kind of share with how did you come about finding the School of Business? I, I'm sorry, rather, music. Um, well, you know, I was raised... Um, playing the piano and uh, at the age of seven is when I started um, Mm -hmm. playing piano and eventually I ended up going to college and majoring in music. Um, Eventually I ended up getting married and having children Mm -hmm. and eventually I had those kids and had to determine how we were going to feed them. Uh, My husband Ozzy over here, the good looking guy that uh, (laughs) no one else can see, but he is really good looking. Um, (laughs) I loved uh, being a stay-at-home mom, so I raised my kids at home. And as a supplement to that, I would teach music lessons in my home. Um, And that was the beginning of Lawrenceville Swanee School of Music. At that time, it was called V.C. Giles Music Studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eventually, as working together and raising our kids and wanting to have a balance, um, it was very difficult sometimes, but what happened Eventually, my kids grew up, and they are doing amazing today. And um, in that process, my mother and my father got sick. And so my father had cancer, and we had to take care of him for a while. And then my mom, after my father passed, my mother um, had a stroke, and she had to move into the home with us. And when she moved into the home, it was just not conducive to have lessons with about 25, 30 students. Mm -hmm. And so my husband, Ozzy, said, I think you need to move the school outside of the house. And what we did is we moved the school outside of the home. We went to a building, rented it, opened it debt-free, didn't create any debt in that, and started off with two teachers and about 25 kids And a year later, we were up to about a hundred and something. And at that time, I was not even thinking about growing a business. I was more thinking about nurturing my family, keeping a balance. But as I began to see the love and the kids and the school, and at that time, it was 2009, there was a recession Mm -hmm. and people needed work. And so we I began to see that I was providing a bigger opportunity. A dream was kind of developing in front of me that I did not even see it first. God showed it to me second, you know? Mm -hmm. And after that, that's when I decided in about three years later, I decided, oh, this is a business. And I really started getting help and mentorship. So we went from two teachers to 40 plus teachers today. Mm -hmm. And we went from, um, Well, yeah, that was, and we went from one employee, which is me, to eight. And we went from 25 students to over 650 students. And today we just opened our second location, um, and it now has about 180 students right about now. And that's how it happened. 
And I'm just really excited about the school and yeah. excited about the kids. Maybe Ozzy have some thoughts. Mm-hmm. So Ozzy, how, how did you get into this? <laughs> well, uh, I married into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she said you're a good looking guy. <laughs> uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, while I was teaching school, I was leaving school uh, to go and work in the business. So mm-hmm. uh I retired in 2015, and I was able to dedicate full time myself full time to the business. So once that happened, she she gave me a lot of responsibilities. So, mm-hmm. so I have been taking care of the finances and the operations of the business mm-hmm. since that time. She kind of gave you the the backroom reins while she's having fun. Well, even it. when I was in a home, he always yeah. took care of the financial part because my strength is I'm a creative person and I have a lot of ideas. You know, I can I get about 40 ideas in 30 seconds, <laughs> you know, but Ozzy, he thinks things through and he's uh, concise and he counts and, you know, he mm-hmm. pays attention to detail. And so we're a really good team because we complement each other. I couldn't do this without him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the school is is thriving because of him and his part that he contributes. It's a very unique uh, partnership and, and psychic or, or just partnership in general and really mm-hmm. helping each other's strengths and weaknesses. Now, what was it kind of immediate or natural? that you each kind of went into your selective specialties or strengths? Or did you kind of figure out, as you mentioned, kind of three years down the line when you figure out, oh, this is a business? Well, uh, initially, Valencia was teaching, so that's her strength. She majored in piano and flute, so initially mm. uh, she was teaching. And uh, as uh, she said, I've always enjoyed the details, but uh, I didn't know how much until I uh, had the uh, responsibility of being responsible for the business. So, yes, mm-hmm. uh, that evolved for me into a love for the, my role in the, in the company. Mm-hmm. Now, being a stay-at-home mom and also kind of juggling with work-life balance and having to school at home, uh, how did you make that transition other than, of course, having more students uh, at your home and having to, try to kind of transition teaching outside of your home? How did that transition come about in terms of how smooth it was or was it natural or, or challenging? Um, you know, at that time I'm a full-time daycare worker. I'm trying to make sure we have food on the table. Mm-hmm. My husband is helping with my mom as well. So the first year was stressful. Mm-hmm. The first year at the end of the first year, to be honest, I had a heart attack at the end of the first year. Oh. And, but I, you know, and I, I could tell you the story about I was in the gym and exercising. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not overweight or underweight. I'm not. I don't have high blood pressure. I don't, you know, it's just I don't drink. I don't smoke. And we could only contribute it to maybe there was just more going on in my life in genetics. Mm-hmm. So it was really, uh, as as even though I tried to make it balanced, uh, it wasn't centered and so I remember talking to my doctor and just really wanting to get back into the school. And I got back into school two weeks after the heart attack. And he was like, he watched that and he knew I loved music. So I had to cut back. I had to reorganize, think things through. We all worked together. And I just had to learn how to deal with the pressure. I think that was harder mm-hmm. because I wasn't used to 
delegating and being in charge of people. I was in charge of three kids. So I wasn't <laughs> used to being in charge of all these details and making things run smoothly. And so uh, I believe it was difficult in the beginning. And it was just everybody needs a mentor. Everybody needs someone to teach them how to do something. Because you know what we want to do, and we can have a vision for what we want to do, but the how is really, really important. And, and it wasn't until I got the how, Valencia, this is how you manage your life. This is how you manage your schedule. And we had to work harder as a team as well. Yeah, there was a lot uh, that we didn't know we didn't know at that time. So, uh, mm-hmm. so there was a lot of learning involved in, in at the beginning. Like – Every business owner that is starting out, there's a lot of big trials that a lot of people mm-hmm. outside in the world don't get to see, with, especially with the success that you have today, but especially that first year experience where you've got everything piling on top. Yes. Another thing I want to highlight, though, is you have this special unique program that you want to also teach and reach out to students with special needs. How did that come about? Well, that was easy. But if I go back to the backdrop is when I say that we offer piano lessons, guitar lessons, et cetera, all these lessons ages three through adult. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all are children to me. We don't ever really grow up. But today, kids have a hard time growing up. It's harder. And so the school is really not just like any other school because love is our model. And great musicianship is our goal. And so with love being our model, that means more to me than anything. And that's my segue into how we ended up teaching special population children. Mm -hmm. But with love being our model, I think Ozzy is the one that really, by him being a special needs educator um, and his background, uh, where he came from, which I would love for him to share that with you, would help you understand why we just have no prejudice towards any kids. We have kids from all around the world that come to our school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have kids from all backgrounds, poor, rich, whatever. We, we, we open our school up to everyone. But his story is why we and, do what we do. And we probably don't have time to get into all of my story, but I'll just mm-hmm. say that. In teaching special needs kids for 32 years, I just had such a love for those kids, and I enjoyed it so much. As a matter of fact, uh, some of the kids started coming to the school to take lessons. So uh, while I was there, we just I made sure all the staff understood how important that was and understood how to work with, uh, mm-hmm. with special needs kids, and we started reaching out uh, to, uh, to serve uh, the clients. Uh, mm-hmm. and they are joy. They bring a joy to our school. And some of the kids that I can tell you one story of a young, a little boy that came in and he was not a talker and I was substituting for him maybe about a year later. Autistic. He was autistic Mm -hmm. and, and he was singing and I began to sing and he began to sing with me instead of listening to me sing. And then he was saying something. He began to sing with me. That was amazing. And then he began to talk. And so through that experience, he was speaking more, he was talking more, he was happier. And when you see that, that makes you understand that what we're doing is not just about lessons. It's about instilling and inspiring kids and growing them in places where it's really hard 
to grow, mm -hmm. especially when you're struggling with something like that. It's not just a music school. You help people find their voice. Yeah, and he won't tell you. We do. We help people find their voice, but he won't tell you. Ozzy, because he's trying to just say, you don't have time for my story. <laughs> but Ozzy grew up very poor. It's like 12 kids in his family and two-bedroom home, mm -hmm. and nine of them slept in one room. And he rem he would tell you he went through life where he – uh, did not receive the good side of that where people would look down on you or where he went through situations where he didn't have or people didn't have a concern and a love for him or for his family or for what he was going through. It's hard being poor. Mm -hmm. And so he has brought that over into my heart that I need to care about every student that walks in the door, rich, poor, special needs, um, or just normal or extremely intelligent. Every kid needs to have a musical education that expands them in all directions socially. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot to uncover, and I wish we had more time to mm -hmm. dig in a little further. Mm -hmm. So if coming down to the question of what is it that makes your school of music, or rather I should rename it as a school of finding one's voice, mm -hmm. unique compared to all the other music schools out there? Well, again, as Mrs. Giles said, with love as our motto, I think the way we care for uh, the, the kids, our staff, and the extra, we put a lot of extra into what we do in terms of extra giving, extra serving, in terms of reaching out to the parents, helping the parents mm -hmm. uh, in need, instead of, in terms of providing a lot of different opportunities for kids in addition uh, uh, to music, a lot of incentive programs and rewards for kids to help motivate them. So mm -hmm. we do much more than teach music. We engage in the in impact in the life of kids and the life of families. As a matter of fact, one of our, our parents, uh, 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 her husband died here a few months ago, and we end up, I end up helping her plan the funeral and uh, and and paying for part of that that expense. So we just. Mm -hmm take care of our parents and when they're suffering mm -hmm. we try to reach out and help mm -hmm. right. thank and, you and i was just saying we and we do do extra we we hire extraordinary teachers which there's ordinary teachers with a lot of extra a lot of extra patience and kindness and goodness mm -hmm. and i really enjoyed that because i think that the kids I mean, a teacher has an impact on a child for a lifetime. So we don't just hire what makes us stand out is we don't just hire the teacher with the PhD that we do have teachers with PhDs, but, but personality and what they feel about children is first and education is second. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the, that's the model that we use to make sure our kids are really taken care of. And we teach our kids to take care of others. That's why we have the special programs. That's why we do the Samaritan Purse. That's why we go to the special needs facilities and let them sing and meet senior citizens. And that's why we support and we show them how to support the poor throughout the world by by participating in a lot of different activities we have to give to others. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a family. Certainly. But it's a school. Well, how can best someone find their voice by reaching out to you? What's the best way to contact you, Bo? Well, they can easily uh, go to our website, which is lawrencevilleswaneeschoolofmusic.com, mm -hmm. or they can call us at 678-376-9800. Mm -hmm. 
Or they can reach us through info at lawrenceshillswineandschoolofmusic.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing. On to our next guest, as we're kind of continuing this theme of being a creative and music, <laughs> Melissa Gunnarsson, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me here on this show today. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Yeah, certainly. Uh, kind of share with us, how did you get into your field? Well, um, from a very young age, I was interested in food. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother had a rule during the summer that my sister and I would do one meal a week. And um, so I started with soups and sandwiches and all kinds of stuff. But long story short, um, I put lots of passion into my meals. My sister would just mm-hmm. make whatever was simple and just put it on the table where if I made soup and sandwiches, I made the soup in this beautiful bowl and I put a garnish on it and mm-hmm. the sandwich was perfectly cut in half and you know laid on the plate just right and um, so my mom and dad obviously knew that I had a passion for food. Um, I babysat for a woman down the street who had a catering company, and she taught me how to temper chocolates, and she also taught me how to decorate cakes. And so by the time I was in sixth grade, I was doing specialty cakes and chocolates for all of my friends at school, um, making 300 to $500 a week at a, in a sixth grade um, life. It was awesome. (laughs) And I enjoyed it so much. So uh, fast forward to my senior year in college and high school, sorry, in high school. um, I was also very um, talented in the music field. And um, so everybody said, oh, go, go for singing while you're young. You can always fall back on cooking. So um, I got a scholarship to Shorter College in the music field. And I was singing and performing and um, also cooking on the side, and I was honing all my skills. Fast forward again, I moved to New York to pursue my opera career. Um, and on rainy days, you would always find me in Barnes & Noble, reading books, cookbooks, magazines, any information I could get on the food industry. Mm-hmm. And I also worked with three of the top catering companies in New York City. Um, fast forward again, I stopped singing. Um, because I was really finding more passion in the food industry. And um, my parents live here in Atlanta. This is where I grew up. And uh, my father said, well, if you're not going to sing, you can cook in Atlanta. Come home. So in 2000, I came back to Atlanta, and um, I started working with several of the well-known catering companies here in Atlanta, Bold American, Proof of the Pudding, several different places, and I was a contract chef. Um, And then I ended up working with Proof of the Pudding as their catering manager for uh, several years. And um, during all of this time, I started building my own business by taking on small clients. And by 2002, I was working on my own. And by 2007, I became an LLC full-time caterer. Mm -hmm. So um, that's my story in a nutshell. And I'm still finding great passion um, cooking for everybody here in Atlanta. Now, was it always kind of your end goal in terms of finding your own catering company, uh, Morsels by Melissa, or was that kind of a natural transition as you're working in the field? Um, I have always been an entrepreneur, obviously, with my story. Um, And uh, I do love working for other people. There's a lot less stress. Um, You know, when someone tells me to, when I was working with Bold American and they said, okay, you have an hour and a half, we're at this big venue, we want a big cheese display with 
fruit and nuts and bread and everything else. And I'm like, yes, this is what I love to do. Okay. So I love doing that part, the creative part. That's what's what oozes out of me on a daily basis. However, um, lots of times I have great ideas. And by having my own company, I'm about, I'm allowed to go down those venues and do what I want to do. When I was working with other companies, I was um, – Sometimes I wasn't allowed to do my own thing, go my own direction. Um, I also was pinpointed into hours. I couldn't turn down business. I was there Monday through Friday or Tuesday through Saturday, Sunday. And um, when I got married and I had children, um, I decided that I wanted to be a mom to my kids and I wanted to be a wife to my husband um, but I also wanted to um, be able to express myself in the food industry. So by creating my own company, um, I'm allowed to say no to some business, and I can say yes to other business. And um, I've been growing. My, bu- my business has grown um, exponentially since um, 2007, since I became an LLC. And, um, but I'm, I'm allowed to say no to things. Whereas when I was working with other companies, um, I couldn't. I just had to show up for work. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons that I have my own business. But it's it's also because I'm an entrepreneur and I just like to do my own thing. Yeah, so that creative freedom and being able yes. to, as you mentioned, have work-life balance and at the end of the day, go back to your family, having yeah. a life and yeah. not as crazy stressed out yes. as it would be uh, working in a traditional position. Now, share with us a little bit about uh, your, your family meals program and your new menu. Um, yeah, so and along with the catering, catering is most of my business. However, I do a family meals program, um, not necessarily program, but um, I put out a menu once a month. And on the menu, it's an a la carte menu, and you can order whatever you want off the one item or 20 items. I have some people who spend $50 a month and some people who spend 700 a month. I mean, it really depends on how many people you need to feed, where you're going to be going, if you need to take some meals with you, or if you eat lunch every day after work or whatever. But um, on each of those menus, we have a chicken salad. We have pre-cooked chicken breasts. We have several casseroles soups, um, and then we have meats that you can just throw on your grill or broil. Um, really easy. It's um, it's supposed to service those who are working too much, <laughs> mm-hmm. have busy schedules, have large families, don't have time to prepare, um, or uh, busy executives, single people in the industry who don't have time to cook, but they don't necessarily want to go out to a restaurant for an hour and a half, two hours. So um, I've designed... Um, these meals to go in your freezer. So uh, you order it, um, you order it off the menu. And then a week later you pick up your food. You can either freeze it to enjoy later, or you can eat it fresh for seven days. It's, it's good for seven days. So um, it's very convenient. It's a great service for those who are busy or, or just really like to eat really great food and they don't want to have to prepare it themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's the family meal. We have a big menu coming out. Um, It's actually already out there. It's on my website. It's the Thanksgiving menu and you can order all kinds of sides for your Thanksgiving dinner. We used to do the full turkeys, but um, we do so much business now that I can't, uh, I don't have room for 20 to 25 turkeys. (laughs) So we stopped offering the turkey, Um, but we do have all the sides and lots of desserts and things that you can enjoy with your family family or friends over the holidays. And then we'll also have a Christmas menu too coming out. And those, that one has a lot more of the desserts and goodies for everybody to enjoy. Well, speaking of holidays uh, that are 
coming up. And for those who want to have some sanity or not have their kitchen explode on them, uh, <laughs> what is one way that you can best? Is this kind of now the time for them to reach out to you to get ready? Yes, or, okay. um, absolutely. So um, we are completely booked for November. Um, very busy. Um, in fact, in two days, we start cooking for nine days straight um, wow. until Thanksgiving. So that's um, it's going to be very busy and crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in December, we are busy every single day up until the 20th. So everybody wants a party. Everybody wants um, a dinner or getting together with friends. Um, we do have a, f- a few spaces available. So if you have an event coming up and you need some food, mm-hmm. give us a call. We do small orders and large orders. So even if you just need um, a meal for 12 people or 15 people, we'll just throw into the mix and make it special for you and your family. Mm-hmm. So um, please reach out to us. But we're also doing several events for 150, 200 people, uh, big holiday spreads with turkey, ham, um, butter pecan chicken, all kind, and then all the yummy sides that you get along with that. So you're getting me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll be Job kind of, security. <laughs> certainly, certainly. What would be, I guess, uh, your most proudest uh, achievement in terms of your work? Well, um, much as um, they were talking about before with the music school, um, I am a great supporter of community, and um, I love people. I love um, the instant gratification of feeding them really well, uh, making them laugh. Um, one of the things that I always say, I say, live, laugh, love, and let and eat lots more morsels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, morsels catering is um, its just a jewel in the community. Um, it's great food. It's prepared fresh. Um, we are not a large catering company, so it's not like we're – stocking our refrigerator full of food for two, three weeks. We are shopping for you, your, the customer. We shop for you. We prep for you. We prepare the food for you, and then we deliver it to you directly. So um, we, we don't do things in large quantities. Um, everything is super fresh and yummy. You definitely want to have that quality control. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And all the recipes are mine, too. I'm going back to working with the other companies, mm-hmm. um, I was always preparing other people's recipes. Uh-huh. And um, I didn't say this before, but while I was in New York, I was a private chef for two years um, with two different families. And um, I I created my own recipes. Everybody would, you know, I would, I would prepare a really good meal and then they would say, Oh, can you make that thing you made last week? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Let's see. What did I do? Because I couldn't remember what I did. So I started writing things down and now I have hundreds of recipes that I've developed myself. I know they're yummy. I know they're going to be exactly the same every time I prepare them. And, um, that's just one of the things that we do really well is we, we are very consistent Mm -hmm. and you'll always enjoy what you eat. Great. Well, then what is, I guess, your biggest hit? Um, okay. Well, we have lots of um, things that people always go back to. Um, for dinner parties, uh, pepper-seared filet with a cherry sauce um, mm-hmm. is very popular with potato gratin and our mixed grilled vegetables with fresh thyme and garlic. and um, So that's, that's a go-to meal. Mm-hmm. And then we do um, some really great grilled chicken breasts. Um, very simple, um, homey meals with mac and cheese and, um, you know, mashed potatoes and gravy. We Lots of Southern comfort foods. Um, but as far as like um, 
things that would stand out as different or things that are unique, I would say our butter pecan chicken is really good. It's got a um, brown sugar um, sauce that comes with it with the fresh roasted pecans. Um, that's a go-to. Melissa's chicken salad with walnuts and fresh thyme. Um, that's a go-to. I make great turkey burgers. Everybody says, turkey burgers? What's so special about your turkey burgers? Well, I can't really even tell you what's so special about them other than everybody says it's the best they've ha- ever had. Um, so many people buy lots and lots of the turkey burgers. They have caramelized onions in them, and they're not like the um, the cardboard tough turkey burgers yeah. you get in the grocery store. These are fantastic. You warm them up, and you break open the plastic, and it's the juice just flows out of them. They're they're amazing. So, <laughs> well, I gotta stop you because I'm gonna have to like eat a cow after this. <laughs> but we do all kinds of meals. We do great, uh, you know, shepherd's pie, buffalo chicken casserole. Um, you know, we're we're across the board. And if you have a specialty dinner that you're looking for, let's say you want. Um, a special Mexican dinner, you know, based on a certain town in Mexico. I do all the the research, and I'll make you a dinner, five or six courses of just that particular cuisine. Mm. So that's one of my specialties as well. Well, then, before we move on, what would be your words of wisdom to out in the business community? Because what we're hearing is a lot of love, a lot of passion and caring. What would be your message? Um, yeah, lots of love. Um, you know, a song that's been going through my head lately is Love Lifted Me. It's an old gospel, you know, song that we used to sing in my little Methodist church growing up. But um, Love Lifted Me, when nothing else could help, Love Lifted Me. And um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in that. And I think that if you embrace people, you get to know people, um, your clients, your friends, your family, and... Um, you uh, hone in on what's important to them mm-hmm. and then build on that. That is going to be a fantastic dinner. It's going to be a fantastic event, and it's going to build a fantastic relationship with whoever you're speaking to. Great. So if someone wants not only to love to lift them, but to have their stomach filled by your morsels, <laughs> yes. how do they best find you and reach out to you? Um, you can go through my website, which is morselsbymelissa.com. You can email me, same uh, address, but at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can call me at 678-357-2349. And um, once again, I wear all the hats. It's a small catering <laughs> company. So when you call, you will get me. Um, and then um, at events, you'll see uh, 10 or 15 of Morsel um, employees that show up. So um, we'll be happy to help you out with whatever you need. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for having me here on the show today. I appreciate it. Ronald. And to our next creative mind with also a unique starting story, we have Bonnie Martin with the Martin Group. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Now, share with us your origin story. Sure. Well, my story is unique in that I originally wanted to be a physician. Mm -hmm. I went to school for clinical laboratory science, and I worked as a lab tech in in the hospital for a number of years. And at one point I decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I resigned and I started a health and wellness company. Now this is back when Google was new, Facebook was new, MySpace was big at the time. And these social media platforms were just starting to take off and I knew that uh, the internet was the future. So I learned everything I could about these platforms. I started to leverage 
the power of, of the internet to, to grow my business. And this uh, empowered me to um, start a career in show business in some respects. I had um, a, a health and wellness radio program called Healthtopia, where I did celebrity interviews and book reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a movie called The Inner Way, and um, I had uh, a few uh, opportunities to be on television. And after I had my son, John, decided to scale back from show business and start the Malden Group Mm -hmm. because I saw that small businesses needed a lot of help with their website, with their social media, with their messaging, with their um, sales process. And these are things I I intensely enjoyed doing in my own business and was successful at it. And I wanted to be able to spread that, that process, that success with other companies and um, to help them duplicate um, their business model and, and grow and scale the way they have goals to do. So started the molding group and, uh, was just me to begin with. And I, uh, learned how to network and joined the chamber of commerce, BNI, some of these other ones out here and, um, shook a lot of hands and began to build my book of business. And, uh, after work got out that we were producing these amazing results for our clients we um, started to grow and I was able to bring on more employees that were ex- experts in their respective fields. So web design for web design, we have web designers for graphic design. We have graphic designers for um, writing. We have um, copywriters and for um, paid media and consulting. We have um, people for that too. So, I was able to assemble this amazing team of experts who were extremely good at what they did. And I was able to orchestrate this um, marketing plan for each of my clients that was at an affordable rate and that produced um, an incredibly high ROI for the clients. And so the retention rate was amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, so with retaining clients and then getting new ones on top, that's what enabled us to scale so quickly um, from just me to uh, an entire team of, of marketers at my agency. Mm-hmm. I touch upon having worked in the medical field and being so well versed with social media and kind of the new age at the time with internet marketing. What was kind of a, was there a major triggering event or was it kind of a slow per- transition it was natural for you to go into this? It was natural because um, internet marketing and, and graphic design it encompasses all of my favorite subjects in school, like math, English, science, psychology, and art. And these are the things I excelled at in school. And um, I finally found a career that encompasses all those subjects mm-hmm. and allows me to be creative and at the same time be scientific. So um, it wasn't a hard transition um, in the respects of not dealing with patients anymore and now dealing with um small business owners that was a nice little transition because people are in, aren't in the hospital bed or sick mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm dealing with people who are who are well and um you know very ambitious and ready to grow and re- ready ready to expand and i'm i'm like the uh, the catalyst that helps them do that now you mentioned being starting out uh, being very active in a networking world and being involved with a chamber and i know you kind of have a program particularly with uh, helping people revise or spruce up the LinkedIn profile. Can you share with us a little bit about you, your advice or your process in helping people getting becoming a super networker? Sure. So 
Networking is essential for a small business owner because it allows you to uh, meet new people that can work with you in the future, people that uh, can um, help refer you business, people um, who can be strategic partners that can uh, connect to you and and help you um, with mentorship as well and friendship. And so uh, it's important to have some type of networking um, organization that you're involved with, whether it's um, a, a weekly leads group like a BNI or, or Power Core, or a civic group like Rotary Club or um, Kiwanis, or uh, a chamber of commerce, uh, which is uh, local to different communities. So um, I, I encourage business owners to get involved um, in some type of organization and attend on a regular basis so they can expand their network and grow. What other tactics would you recommend for someone that's just kind of starting out? Sure. So you attend and then you don't expect people to do business with you on the first meeting. You make the time to build rapport, um, develop a relationship, connect uh, to meet for um, for coffee, and you get to know each other first. And then um, that's when LinkedIn comes in because you'll meet a lot of people when you're out networking, when you're uh, every opportunity that you go out of the house is an opportunity to, to network because you're, you can meet your next client or your next employee at the grocery store or at a radio station, for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you want to have your cards handy, always passing those out, always inviting people to your business um, for opportunities to have fun, opportunities to learn something new and uh, making sure you're connecting to people on LinkedIn so you, you guys can stay in touch with each other when you meet for the, after, the, after you meet for the first time. Mm-hmm. Your LinkedIn profile is very important because most people will look you up there um, when they meet you for the first time. Some of the things you want on the LinkedIn profile are your, um, is your um, headshot. You want it to be professionally done. You want a nice description of your business and what you do. You want it you want your um, profile to be up to date with your past work experience, and you want to take advantage of the multimedia that uh, it allows you to have videos, pictures, PDFs, and um, audio files, and this allows you to show your expertise. You've got a lot of things cooking, no pun intended, from a uh, prior guest. Well, then share with, with all these things that you're kind of juggling. Uh, how does one kind of condition themselves mentally to be successful in business? Sure. So you have to um, transition from the um, employee mindset to the employer mindset um, when you become an entrepreneur, because um, a lot of people come from corporate or from a stay at home position. I, I was both. I was a stay at home mom at one point and um, I did that for the first two years of my children's lives. I was a stay at home mom and I worked um Two corporate jobs. Uh, I've worked for um, for the Fidelity Home Warranty, and I've worked for Jenny Craig. And um, in both of those positions, I was the top salesperson, and I was the trainer of other staff. And that empowered me and emboldened me to start my own business because because if I was a good good at sales in the organization and I was good at training people in the organization, maybe I could that those skills would transfer over to my own business. But some of the things I had to um, really come to terms with when I started my own company is that there are so many different roles um, for an entrepreneur. 
Um, you have operations and systems, which has to do with, you know, human resources, accounting, accounts receivable, accounts payable, um, having a process in place for all of that. Then you have to have um, really good people in place. Um, if you're not hiring someone right out, maybe hiring an assistant to help you out with um, certain tasks to keep you organized while you're serving your clients. And then you have to have a good sales and marketing plan so you can continuously keep your pipeline full with new clients, patients, um, students, or customers. And so um, you have to be working at, in full, at full cylinders with um, all three of those areas. And we may be just good at one mm-hmm. or two. And so you'll have to solicit some help to, to or hire someone to help you with the other areas that you're not strong in. Mm-hmm. So that's um, all part of going from employee to employer. Since you're on the forefront of technology and marketing, since you, you're talking about when MySpace was popular back then, what is kind of, if we're going to look a couple years out, and if I was a business owner wanting to be also a step ahead mm-hmm. in marketing myself, what would be something that you see coming down the pipeline? Sure. So um, businesses now need to become media companies. They need to think of themselves as a television station, a radio station, or a newspaper or magazine where they're constantly creating content that will entertain, engage, and inform their customers um, on a regular basis on the internet. And this will um, garner uh, an audience, a community of people that um, can come to expect new information, new uh, education, new engagement um, from them, from that channel, whatever channel that is. It may change from YouTube to Facebook to Um, Instagram, it may be called something else later on, but um, the fact remains you have to continuously produce content and publish it on a regular basis online so your community can stay engaged with you and your company and your services. Mm -hmm. Now, with so many social media marketing companies or website design companies out there, what is it that makes the modern group special? What's your special sauce? Sure. We have a lot of special sauce, but the main sauce that we have is uh, the power of teamwork. Um, A lot of times you have a great designer that doesn't have good copywriting skills. You have a a good, um, a good uh, analytical person who can give you a, a great back end, but it doesn't look so great. The website doesn't look great, but it functions well. So um, what makes us great is that we have great copywriters on staff that will write the the text that goes on the website. We have great designers on staff that will make the website look great. And we have great developers on staff that can make the website function well. So when you have a website that looks great, functions well, and is um, has really strong sales copy, then it performs like a 24 hour a day salesperson. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, what is your word of advice to the business community if someone was starting out? Yes, I would say don't be a lone ranger. Try to garner as much support. Um, grow your network as in, in as many ways as you can. Don't run your business on an island. Have a mentor. Have a mastermind. Have a network that you're constantly tapping into. And keep an open mind for the many different ways your, your business can grow. Uh, if someone wants to have someone take a look at either the website or their social media marketing, get themselves out there and becoming a media company, how do they best reach out to you? 
Yes, uh, the best way to reach us is through our website, themaldengroup.com. Uh, you can also call, find The Malden Group on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, all the top uh, social media platforms. Uh, phone number is 678-846-2306. And my, um, my personal website for um, professional speaking and for uh, mentorship is bonniemalden.com. Great. Thank you for sharing, Bonnie. My pleasure. Well, you guys all here. We've got music, love, love of food, and love of, love of creativity and all around teamwork. So that ends for today's show. This show is sponsored and brought to you by yours truly, Anthony Chen with Lighthouse Financial Network. Securities and advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., RAA, member of FINRA, SIPC. RAA is a separately owned and other entities and for marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of RAA. Our main office address is 575 Broad Hollow Road, Melville, New York, 11747. You can best reach me at 631-465-9090, extension 5075, or you can best email me at anthonychen, C-H-E-N, at lfnllc.com. Thank you for listening and catch you all. And thank you for lending us your ears at the next month. This is Family Business Radio.